0: Welcome to Socially Plagued, a podcast between two friends where we discuss everything that plagues us, um, whether that is a literal plague or something a little bit more metaphorical, like whether your college major means you got to change your skincare routine. I am your co host, May. With me always is the absolutely wonderful Mary Kate. Mary Kate, how are you doing, girl? I'm good, girl. How are you doing? You know. Like, that was <laughs> spooky as hell. I'm so sorry that happened to anyone's ears. I'm okay. I'm a little tired. I'm a, cramps are what is plaguing me this week. Oh, God. I tried to soothe them with Choco Bell because I had that craving, and that may have the reverse effect that I'm looking for. Honestly, worth it. Worth it. I mean, sometimes you just need a chicken chalupa with, like, hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. What's plaguing you? I mean, because it's not just me, my cramps, and my tacos. No, it's not. Um, You are not alone. I actually, I mean,
1: truthfully, Mm -hmm. the first five days of 2021 have been largely uneventful. Fantastic. That's what we're looking for. Happy to report.
0: Uneventful is what we want.
1: That is the golden standard now. Yeah. Yes. The most eventful thing that happened to me that I would say is plaguing me still Mm -hmm. a little bit. I'm still thinking about it. This morning... I put on these really cozy socks that I got for my mother-in-law for Christmas. And they're really cute. And they got little foxes on them.
0: Oh, love that. So I don't see how this story can go wrong.
1: That's what I thought. Okay. And then I need to get something from our basement. Mm -hmm. Jimmy was not home. He was at work. And so I was by myself heading down to the basement like I do all the time. And... We have carpeted stairs, but I still managed to slip on the carpeted stairs. And I fell down my stairs this morning.
0: So let me get this straight. You had on fuzzy socks mm-hmm. and slipped yes. on carpet. Yes. That's a new level of clumsy, my friend.
1: Yeah. I feel a little betrayed by our carpet. You to absolutely be honest. should, yeah. Um, I do think though, on the overall, we're a lot more chill. Um coming into this episode than we have
0: yeah. been for the past couple. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what, like, a long weekend and a bunch of Prosecco can do to just calm me down. Like, mimosas all day, pajamas all day, just, like, not going to work. Naps yes. just settles me right down. I'm a little bit like a toddler, but with Prosecco. Yeah, like... I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's, yeah. And once again, it's 2021. And I know that doesn't mean everything is going to magically get better, but just it feels fresher. It feels like a teensy bit better. Like there's a light at the end of this tunnel and it's not just like something people keep saying. You can actually see it a tiny bit. Yeah. So. Like people are like, Oh, there's a light probably. And you're like, okay, sure. I can, I can see it now. It's like a laser pointer dot of a light. Yeah. There. And I think that's, that's what I needed. That and bubbly alcohol. Great combination.
1: Great combo. Well, we're going to kick off 2021 the way we should. The way we should. Mm -hmm. And that's by starting a new series on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about personality tests. Woo! Yes, we're big fans of personality fans. tests here at Socially Plagued.
0: Mm-hmm. Whether that be the BuzzFeed variety or the like 90 million question variety, we're pretty much on board. <laughs> yeah, just
1: anything that we can blame our irrational reactions to things on
0: is mm-hmm. uh, its good in our book. Yeah, yeah, if I can rationalize the irrational things yes. via a personality test, oh, you bet your britches, I'm gonna. That's called data, bitch. Yeah, it, sure,
1: <laughs> sure. As a uh, as a data bitch in
0: real life, mm-hmm. can confirm. Can confirm, so. yeah, and it's also while well, while we do love these things, a lot of it is for is for fun. We do, I would say both of us take at least a grain of salt with these things. These are not the end all be all of our personalities, obviously. But um we do have a few favorites. We have a few like wonky ones out there that we want to talk about. And we wanna we wanna start off with Mary Kate's favorite. The one I think she demanded that <laughs> we all take when we like first met her. I had taken this one before and I retook it now that I got older because she required it. Yeah, Mary Kate, why don't you, why don't you tell us about this one? One that you did so much research for and I did nothing so that I can be the student with our listeners on this journey. Take us. You are the Sherpa, the trail guide that will take us through this journey.
1: I love nothing more. Mm-hmm. Today we're gonna to talk about the Enneagram test.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, my my personal favorite for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun researching this. I did not know anything about the history or the origin of this test. I just knew that I liked it and I thought my result made me look kind of good. So um that's like how I got started with it. But I really enjoyed learning about the background and I hope and mm-hmm. feel pretty confident that you all will find it interesting too, especially if you're kind of like a psychology nerd. Um, there was a period of time where I thought I was going to go into the psychology field. So I still have a little bit of that passion left in me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited to talk about it. I'm going to try to rein myself in for most of this, but, uh, but yeah, everything that I talk about, I actually pulled all from the Enneagram Institute's website. I'll go ahead and link them in the show notes if anybody wants to read more, because I'm obviously just gonna give a high-level summary, but they have so much content about the history, about the test itself, all the different personality types. They've got so many resources, so I'd highly recommend checking them out if you want more details. But, you know, I'd be remiss... If we didn't start with the boring history lesson part first,
0: all right. Okay. Do I need to take note? Well, is there a test at the end of this? No. Okay. Okay. But there is like a personality test at the end of this. Hey. hey! Hey. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. Yeah, I needed to make that joke somewhere because um.
1: Before we get to that part, you're going to hop your ass in your time machine.
0: Okay. Where are we going? We're going to the 1960s. Okay. Not that far back. Not that far back. A young test. It is. Okay. I can get behind
1: that. It is. Yes. We're going to go back to the 1960s to Chile, Mm,
0: which is in mm -hmm. South
1: America for those who are bad bad at geography. I'm told I want to go there. It's on my list of places I'd like to go. Yes, I would love to go to Chile. I've heard so many good things. So in Chile, we meet a very interesting guy named Oscar Mm -hmm. Ichazo. I'm also just going to say I'm really bad at pronouncing names. I'm going to try my best, um, but just big apologies if I'm saying any of these names wrong. Yeah,
0: let's just call him Oscar. I think he'd be an Oscar guy. Yeah. First name basis. First name basis. And also, I think it'll make things easier while we tell this story. While you tell this story. So we can refer to him as, as Oscar, Oscar. Our good friend from Chile.
1: Yes. So Oscar lived a pretty interesting life. Leading up to his time in Chile. He was born in Bolivia. And then he got really interested. In. Human psychology. And just how we. Come to be the people that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So he ended up traveling to Argentina, to Peru, and across a good majority of Asia. And he was studying all of the different disciplines that come together to influence what we would call self-realization
0: mm-hmm. or
1: self-actualization if you're into the Maslow stuff. And you know, what falls under that umbrella, it's a lot of stuff, right? right. So it's psychology, It's metaphysics, it's spirituality. There's just a lot that goes into it. So Mm -hmm. he wanted to travel and get takes from all over the world Mm -hmm. to eventually start his own school of thought, which he ended up naming appropriately the Erica, Arica school. It's spelled A-R-I-C-A. I I know that that is a region in Chile. So that's why it is named that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Name it after the region.
1: Right. And he invited all of his super cool philosopher friends to come study
0: this with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, bring your bros. Yes. If I start a school, I want my friends to come with me. And also, especially if they can contribute a lot to it. So like, hey, we're going to get some deep thought here. Like, yeah, um, come on down.
1: Yeah. And his friends, his friends did. Two of which are Pretty highly noted American psychologists. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being Claudio Naranjo and John Lilly. I I'm not super familiar with either of their work, but their names rung a bell
0: for me. I feel like John Lilly rings a bell for me. Maybe. Yes.
1: Yeah. And and actually John Lilly was more of a philosopher, but his input was still helpful in and putting together what this study would ultimately be. So the Enneagram actually refers to a symbol and if you look it up you'll see this symbol. It's, It's a circle and it's got a bunch of lines going through it and each of these lines leads up to a point. That point will correspond with a personality type that is numbered one through nine so it basically if you're not able to look up a picture for reference it's basically like a
0: friendlier pentagram shape okay so I I have seen this image this is one of the few things I know about it um it's like a spirograph who remembers that where like you had the line and the and it would And if you did it a bunch, it would just repeat, but it looks really cool. I'm not doing a great job. If you remember spirograph, you will get what I'm, what I'm, you will pick up what I am putting down. So it's not like a star necessarily. A friendly pentagram with nine points. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the lines are arrows. Okay. Okay. I did not know the arrow part. Okay.
1: Yeah. And we'll get more into what those arrows signify. But, you know, but this, this symbol kind of drove the structure of what the Enneagram test would ultimately be built on. And while we're talking about the symbol, we got to introduce another character to our story. Okay. All right. So yeah. we had Oscar in mm-hmm. Chile. Okay, we got Oscar in Chile. Who else we got? At around
0: the same point in time, we had George Gurdjieff. So, George it is. Um, I think George, also a first name kind of guy. Yeah. Along with our pal, Oscar. So, Oscar and George. This is who we've got. So, we've got Oscar in Chile and George, where's he at? George is in Russia. Okay. So, George is in Russia.
1: Got it. Yes. George is Armenian, Mm -hmm. but he spent most of his life in Russia. Okay. And I think once you hear a little more about George, you're going to see that not only Mm -hmm. is he likely a first name guy.
0: He would probably would have been a friend of the pod. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, I'm digging these guys so far. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about George yet, but I I feel like I'm going to be a fan just because like I can see the excitement on your face. So I'm ready. Hit me. Hit me. George thought this symbol was more than just a symbol. Mm -hmm.
1: And he was also a philosopher and he actually taught his students to interpret this symbol
0: Through dance. Oh, okay, George. I can get on board with this. Yes. Yes. Who wouldn't want to go to a dance party with George? Right. It's philosophical dance, which I feel like could go hand in hand so well together. Like in a weird, like very conceptual kind of way, but I love it. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board with George. I do. Cause like,
1: I mean, if you think about it though, if you take... Like the Enneagram symbol on the floor, it would be like you use that to choreograph your dance.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So he actually would reach out to his most advanced students and let them know that his belief was that the way they were able to choreograph the dance along this circle would reveal something about the chief features of their personalities. Interesting. And I do actually want to put a disclaimer on this the way the Enneagram Institute's website describes this is a little bit grandiose for me. Mm -hmm. It's definitely elevated reading. So if I'm misinterpreting this, I'm sure someone will correct me. This was the way I interpreted what I was reading happened. yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: But but, because it sounds kind of bizarre. Um, I mean, it does. It sounds a little out there, but a lot of history is. A lot fun of, though. A, lot, a lot of, and this could almost be categorized into psychological history, mm-hmm. and that has a pretty shady past. Yeah, which um, we don't really need to get into. But I feel like dancing in a shape, not the shadiest situation psychology's ever been in. So no. I feel like it might be a little weird, might be a little wonky, but um, I'm on board with it so far, and I feel like. Even if we get it a little bit wrong, we can we can figure it out. Listeners, are learning, it out too. Feel yeah. free to yell at gently yell at us about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think that's
1: wacky and fun,
0: yeah, I do.
1: Um, there's more to say about George. He also liked to draw parallels to the Sufi tradition of telling people what kind of idiot they are.
0: Okay, this is the best tradition I've ever heard of. Yes, hey, Sufi tradition. I think you're doing great. I mean, just God, that's good. I I need to know more about this immediately. I need to. I we need to. I need more. I need more about this. Um, So he likes to draw from this tradition. He did. He liked to incorporate this into his lessons, which I
1: think is funny. Um, So there were. There were a few different types of idiot that you could be. Um, there was round, there was square, mm-hmm. and several others. My personal favorite though was Yeah. Subjective
0: hopeless idiot. Okay, so <laughs> round and square, both really good shape. So it's like, okay, I'm a round idiot, you're a square idiot. Okay. What's what's Frank over there? Oh, he's a subjective hopeless. Like, holy shit. That escalated so fast from benign shape idiot to like Just done idiot. George was murdering people with words. George was just like, hey, you're my students. I know you're some of my top students. We've danced together. I've taught you. Uh, I hope you've learned a lot. Now let me categorize you into levels, not levels, but personality type of dumbass. Um, And this has been my TED talk. (laughs) So (laughs) I mean, He probably didn't mean it in a mean way, I'm hoping. I don't know what the Sufi tradition is meant to be disheartening, or maybe it's meant to, like, help you grow. Like, you're an idiot. You're a circle idiot. Oh, sorry, a square idiot or whatever. But you can grow out of that. I don't know. We need to learn more. I would like to learn more about that tradition.
1: Yeah, if any listeners know any details about this, we would love to know more. And I do think that... The Enneagram Institute. They did cite all of their sources too. They had a bunch of footnotes. So they might have some more information on there as well about it. I just Mm. didn't get a chance to fall down that rabbit hole. But I just thought that was kind of a fun, a fun tidbit about George. Yeah, no, I love that. The idea of building this personality assessment on a symbol Mm -hmm. was kind of it was kind of an interesting concept because you could use this as a visualization of how we combine all of the different types of philosophies and mystical aspects of some of the world's major religions. So there were, there were inspirations from the teachings of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and even a little bit of ancient Greek philosophy. Um, So there was a lot going on is what I'm saying.
0: Okay, so there's a lot of fingers and pies in this. Yes. Okay, which is, I mean, looking at the symbol, it's all interconnected. So all of these things, these ideas are sort of connected in a way.
1: Yeah, and it's it's supposed to make it a more comprehensive assessment.
0: Yeah. So who Uh. we are and also, I mean, we're not all the same person. We didn't all grow up in the same area. It's not like this is a personality test for everyone who's from specifically this county in Georgia. Like, no, that, that won't really work for someone in, you know, Iowa. I'm, I don't know why I said Iowa, but it wouldn't because they're not from that part of Georgia. No, you're on track here. Um, okay. and I think, I think Oscar would agree with you. <gasps> Okay, good. I want yeah. Oscar to I want Oscar to like me, even though I'm pretty sure he has passed by now.
1: He yeah, he is gone. Um but his legacy lives on. He's number
0: one in our hearts. He's number one in our hearts. Followed by George, number two. They're I think tied. they're tied for number one. They're tied for number one. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar and George. <laughs> the only men in my life who have not let me down yet. So please <laughs> in this story you're taking me on, this history, they're not gonna let me down, right? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, well, you know what? And let's just end it there. Let's just yeah. end, let's just assume they were great guys and that they're, they're my number one. Oscar especially was very woke by okay. today's standards. Um,
1: and actually, <laughs> I do want to go back to him for yeah. a bit because there's more to say about how he taught this. So he actually identified 108 Enneagrams.
0: That's a lot.
1: Yeah, it is a lot.
0: We have nine now.
1: So we actually only have four that we focus on in the Americanized modern version of the test we know and love today.
0: Okay. So there's like a bigger test we could take.
1: There is. There is a bigger paid one as there always is. Right. Um, And there are four, like I said, that we focus on. Those being passions, virtues, fixations, and holy ideas. Okay. And these four concepts were designed to like in a way just primarily understand what the relationship is between someone's essence of who they are mm-hmm. and their personality and then how the human soul ends up being structured through life experience.
0: Okay. Okay. I think that a little nature versus nurture situation. A little. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Oscar, I see. I mean, Oscar, you did a lot with 108. That's quite a few. Um, He did. You went a little extra, but you know what? It's yours. Yeah, he really outdid himself.
1: I I really liked his take on it. And I do have a direct quote from him describing what his philosophy was on this. So I do want to read that excerpt. Yes. So he says... We have to distinguish between a man as he is in essence and as he is an ego or personality. In essence, every person is perfect, fearless, and in a loving unity with the entire cosmos. There's no conflict within the person, between head, heart, and stomach, or between the person and others. But then something happens. The ego begins to develop, karma accumulates, and there is a transition from objectivity to subjectivity. And the man falls from essence into personality.
0: Oh, hot. Dang. Like, oh, that is good. All right, Oscar. Put that on a shirt. Put that on like a motivational post. That is like deep and good. and Yeah. Yes. Very woke. I feel that. Like I feel that in my soul. That is just like. I do too. Oh, I, I like that. I like that quite a bit. Oscar, what a man.
1: Seriously, I, and I, yeah, I love that because I do personally believe that we all have who we are at our core, mm-hmm. but a lot of our environment shapes our personality itself. Absolutely. So I think this is a very good take and it's, it stood the test of time.
0: So, I mean. I mean, and I also feel like everyone from philosophers to psych- like. I would say medical psychologists would agree that outside influences change who we are as a core individual. Um, You know, we adapt, we evolve, we flow, we, you know, it's what makes each of us different as well, because my situations are not going to be the same as yours or the next person's. And that influences our personality, but who we are as a, human being doesn't necessarily I would say it's not always in flux like some parts of us are right
1: exactly and the bottom line of the Enneagram as a personality assessment is keeping in mind the idea that we're all born with a dominant personality type and that falls into one of these nine that we'll get into the details of
0: And so when you're born and you let you leave the womb and do you find your Enneagram? Like, is it in the placenta? So do you have to like dig around for it? Is there like a little handbook that pops out? It's like, Hey, your baby's (laughs) a three or do you just like take them to a special psychic who just like holds the baby up to the light and is like, Nope, see right there. It's a four. Like, how do you know the baby's Enneagram? Uh,
1: And see, like, that's where it gets a little dicey. I mean, the general general consensus amongst people who study the Enneagram and have studied it over the past several years that it's been a thing, they kind of agree that by the time you get to age, like, four or five, Mm -hmm. your consciousness to develop your own separate sense of self and autonomy Okay. That's fully developed as early as age four or five.
0: Right. By then you're, I would say nine times out of 10, you're able to get dressed. You could make yourself a bowl of cereal. You can choose what things you like and don't like. So you have your personality shows as opposed to just basic hierarchical needs.
1: Right. Like as a, as a, I guess that's considered a toddler. I don't actually know like (laughs) how kid ages.
0: Well, let's just, let's just call it a young child, preschool, kindergarten age. Yeah.
1: What's your point of being socialized around other kids? Mm -hmm. You have basic decision-making skills. Yeah. But what remains fluid is your identity and how you view yourself. And a lot of what this test addresses is not only how you are just inherently as a person, but also how external factors influence the way that you identify as a person
0: okay yeah okay I'm on board
1: so the Enneagram Institute has come up with a list of considerations when looking into the different types and I do want to touch on them there Mm -hmm. are five or six main considerations and I do think they're important to address before we get into each type right okay The first one is that people do not change from their dominant personality type. So once you've identified if you're whatever number you are, that's you. Okay. So it's not like, like sometimes you might hear people talk about Heather Myers-Briggs personality type might change Mm -hmm. as maybe they get into a different job or they become a parent or whatever. Like this is designed so that what you are is what you are for life at your core.
0: At your core. Okay. Yes. So can it change like in other ways?
1: Yeah. And we'll, and I'll touch on that because there are, there are things that are adjacent to your dominant personality type. Okay. Okay. We'll get there.
0: We'll get there. Okay. I'm jumping ahead. I'm getting excited. I know. I am too. It's fine. It's fine.
1: <laughs> the consideration is that not everything in the description of your dominant type is going to apply to you all day, every day, which I think is obvious. That would be hard. There's so many people in the world. It's not like you can reduce everybody down to nine exact
0: types. No, and I'm not the same person every single day. I mean, I can vary greatly from day to day. Not greatly, but like, you know, sometimes you're in a good mood and I'm you're in a bad mood. Sometimes you're feeling like I'm going to clean the house, and other days it's I'm going to drink prosecco all day. Like sometimes know, both. <laughs> sometimes I'm going to drink prosecco while I clean. Like you know, you're not this. I mean, but at the core, you're still the same. Right. Like. Okay. And
1: and there will be actually ways to measure those fluctuations. Mm. That again, we'll get into. So okay, I'm hold on to your butts. Holding. And like I mentioned before, the Enneagram uses numbers to designate your personality type. Mm-hmm. And I like the reasoning that they use for having numbers as opposed to attributes. Okay. And the way they put it on the website is that numbers are value neutral. So they imply that there's a whole range of attitudes and behaviors without specifying anything that's positive or negative.
0: Okay, I can get behind that. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, it's a more objective scale. Right. Yes. No, I I think I I can appreciate that. Yeah.
1: But like the caveat to that, and again, I'm glad they put this out is that not only are the numerical ranking of the types insignificant, Mm -hmm. like one is not better than nine and vice versa. Right. Like there's no one type that's inherently
0: bad. Because they okay. all have positives and negatives. They all have strengths and weaknesses. Right. This isn't like, you know, Virgos are better than Libras, which we all know is true. Um, <laughs> every, everyone is created equal under Enneagram.
1: Yeah. And like everyone has the opportunity for growth, but also for stressors. The other um, thing, though, to keep in mind is that while inherently no type is designed to be weaker or stronger than another, it'll completely depend on the type of culture and societal factors that you've grown up in. So some types might be considered more
0: valuable or desirable than others. So. Okay. But that is, that is more specific to region culture lifestyle. Yeah. That's,
1: that is not inherent to the test. That's, However, you perceive it based on the societal norms that you've been accustomed to.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So you want to get into all the different types? I want to get into all the different types because I know what type I am and I know what type you are. So thankfully, um, we are actually the first two types. We are. Meg is a
1: one. I am a two. Yes. I'm number so, one. I'm the best. Wait, no. We just went over this. We just went over this. You are no better than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make this fun, because there are nine types to go through and I understand it's a lot. So what we're going to do is we're going to identify three main identifying characteristics of each type. Mm-hmm. Two positive, one, an area of growth. Some key motivations. Mm-hmm. and. To keep it super fun i found celebrity and character examples oh i love this okay yeah i think you're gonna like the examples for type one
0: so i want to get into my type i want to get into our types all the types and i just to be safe pulled mine up on the enneagram institute website so that way i don't get anything wrong or start going off a a track um, about me tell me about being a one And what like how that applies to me and all that kind of stuff. Just talk about me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So
1: type one is known as the reformer. And some key personality traits of ones are that they are very self-controlled, but they can also be a little perfectionistic. Yeah. Yes.
0: For sure. Because Mary Kate will also call me out on stuff like that. Like I'll be like, no, (laughs) that's wrong. And she'll just be like, really? <laughs> really, with your oneness right now and I'm just like I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll always be like, God, you're such a one. Yeah.
1: You tag each <laughs> well, other in
0: Enneagram memes all the time. It's pretty hilarious.
1: Do you want to know who some of your fellow ones are? Yes, tell me who some of my fellow ones are. Okay. So um what I love is that Enneagram Institute gives an extensive list of examples of each type, but I tried to pick ones that I thought were especially fun. Mm-hmm. So for the one uh, three examples would be Tina Fey. Okay. Michelle Obama.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And are you ready for it? I'm ready. Spock from Star
0: Trek. <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. Those are three winners. Yeah. Those are three winners. Okay. I mean, I'm definitely not, you know, but I can, But those are all, like, when you think about those three people. To me, they're all still very, very different. One is a Vulcan, for sure. I mean, the other was a comedian on Saturday Night Live, and one was the first lady of the United States and a lawyer. Like, those are extremely different people, yet they can still mold, they can still be a part of the same Enneagram type. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and we'll
1: definitely see more examples of that for all the different types, Mm because I thought that... Some of these examples were really, really interesting and I never would have guessed. Like the Enneagram is definitely not something that you can necessarily predict or is worn on someone's face, which I love.
0: Which I do too. I think that's really interesting. So I just wanted to read this. I like the basic desire of the type one is to be good, to have integrity, to be balanced. So none of those things are desiring of like power wealth, status structure it's all just like general qualities of a human being that that type typically strives for i like the way that they've done that
1: yeah and i definitely would encourage you if you do take the test there are so many free versions out there and i'll link the one that we took um so you can take the same one as us but definitely check out on the Enneagram Institute's website, they have for each type a really good breakdown of uh, key desires, strengths, weaknesses, all that stuff. So um, we won't be able to touch on all of that here, but once you know what your type is, definitely take advantage of those resources. So now we're going to move it to me. Let's do you. So, type two is the helper. Our key personality traits are generous, people pleasing, which I can definitely relate to. And also a little possessive.
0: So. (laughs) Just a little bit. I mean, I I went quiet for a reason. (laughs) I'm not not saying you're possess. You're just. I feel like possessive is so strong. I feel like you're territorial. It's not strong. That's (laughs) also strong. That sounds worse (laughs) almost. No, see, okay. The thing about personality test
1: though, you have to be comfortable with getting called out. Like.
0: Yeah, I, cause I've definitely read stuff about ones and been like, oh, excuse me. And then Mary Kay's like, no, that's real. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. Okay. Because I feel like in order to understand yourself, you can't just look at the positive stuff, There's yeah. gonna be some stuff and it's not necessarily negative, but things you can grow and learn about yourself to become a, you know, a better version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that's, that's what I get from the Enneagram. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, possessive—that sounds just you're passionate. And I think a lot of what the more,
1: I guess, negative connotation base personality um, traits are really just being pointed out as
0: the having trouble finding the word for I it. I feel like it's like a deficiency, and that it's something that. You just, you might lack that another type has an abundance. Yes. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So where you and I are very different, but we work very well together. Mm -hmm. So I may have things you lack. You may have things I lack, but it can still, in, in the end, I don't know. We work on our own deficiencies and sometimes we can find that in other people. My key motivations
1: are wanting to be loved and needed and appreciated. And I can definitely say that that is super accurate. I, I feel unappreciated all the time, but I know that that's just because like I take everything so personally. And so this reading my Enneagram description was a little chilling just because I was like, wow, like this is really invasive. (laughs) But I was like,
0: I need to go check my house for cameras real quick.
1: Seriously, though. Um, but I love I love some of the examples that I found of the type two. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any fun characters for this one. Mm-hmm. But my my public figures are Eleanor Roosevelt.
0: Okay. Stevie Wonder. That's fantastic. Yes. I, I was so excited about that one. But here comes the big one. Okay. Dolly Parton. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so that was also three good ones. Like, that was so good. Oh, I like that. Oh, once again, three, I would say, drastically different people. You may not necessarily shove them all together into one similar personality type.
1: Hey, friends, this is Mary-Kate. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with our audio once we got to the point of talking about all of the different Enneagram types, what's a podcast without some technical difficulties. So we'll be back for part two in a couple weeks where we'll be discussing all of the personality types within the Enneagram test, as well as some other very fun facts. So be sure to check us out for part two. But until then, you can actually go listen to May on Hit Me One More Time podcast. They're available everywhere you can find your podcast, just like we are. And this is a podcast that discusses nostalgic movies. So May was on a couple weeks ago talking about the big Green. And it's a great episode. You should definitely go check it out and give them a follow on Twitter. They are at Hit Me One More Pod. So be sure to check them out, show them some love, and go listen to May's episode. Until next time, cheers.